fun there at the end, isn't it? Um, everybody doing okay? You guys are good? Good? All right. Glad you guys are here. Uh, we've got a lot of information to cover today, so unfortunately I can't tell you one of my hilarious anecdotes, but uh, yeah, right, stop. Um, two, two things that don't, don't patronize me. Um, two things. One, if you weren't here last weekend, Savut did a fantastic job with Nehemiah last weekend. Did a great job. Um, I took the weekend off, but I, I, I still watched it at home, and um, it was really, really nice. So we'll be back in the book of Nehemiah next week. I think we're doing chapters 7 and 8, and then we'll start uh, finishing up that book of the Bible and then move into the New Testament again. Second thing is, if you weren't at the prayer night Friday, uh, you missed it. It was pretty phenomenal. We had about 550 people in this room praying for an hour and a half, and it was really, really, really good. And on a side note, if the church has ever needed to pray, it is right now. Um, we need to be praying more and more and more. The world is crazy right now. We'll get into that a little bit today. What we're doing today, if you're new, is typically we're going through chapter by chapter through books of the Bible. A couple of times a year, I do a vision service, usually at the beginning of the year and then one around August, late August, early September. And so what I wanna do today is I, I hope this will encourage you. And again, if you're newer here, uh, this will be a really good first service for you to be at. But I want to show you kind of what we've been doing and what we plan to do in the future. And uh, I'm going to brag on you guys a lot today. There's a lot of really, really good things that we'll talk about today, and, and that's you guys. It's not bragging on me or the, the team that works here. This is, this is all of us together. So once upon a time, uh, I kind of thought the idea of having a vision statement was kind of a corporate thing, uh, and, and teaching services like this were kind of this this businessy thing until I started teaching the book of Matthew and at the end when we hear about Jesus's vision statement for the church. And so I, I, I increasingly thought these services were important. So this is why we do this, okay? The Bible says where there is no vision, people die. I don't want people to spiritually die. So we need to have a clear direction on where God wants us to go. That's what we're doing today. So you should have got notes, handouts when you came in. Everything I'm gonna say will be in there. Everything will be on the screens. If you have a smartphone, the Experience Community app, which I'll bring up several times today, that's really, really handy. And um, everything should be on there, all the notes. And when we go through books of the Bible, all the scripture is on there as well, okay? So we should be in good shape. I'm gonna pray and uh, we'll work through this. And again, hopefully you'll be encouraged. And at the end, hopefully I can challenge you a little bit so we can keep moving the ball forward um, as the church in this community, okay? So let me pray. Father, Lord, we love you. Um, God, I love this church. This is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place to be, God, with wonderful people, and I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you keep your hand on this campus today. Pray, God, you keep your hand on other campuses and the counties that they're in. Pray, God, that you keep your hand on all of the churches in this city and all of the churches in the other counties that we're in, God. We're not against those churches, Lord. We're all trying to work to get, to get closer to you, God, and expand your kingdom, Lord, so we pray blessings over them. Um, Father, we pray for what's going on in Afghanistan right now. God, that you would keep your hand on those people. And um, Lord, that you would just uh, protect people and keep them safe. God, we pray for all the things that have gone on, gone on in Waverly, Tennessee. And we pray, Lord, protection over the people in Louisiana right now that, that could potentially face some pretty uh, uh, traumatic stuff. God, Lord, we love you. We know you're in control. We know you're good. And God, we just pray that our faith in you and, and your plan can increase. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I told you once upon a time, I was kind of anti-vision uh, statement. And then at the end of Matthew in chapter 28, we basically get the vision statement of Jesus. 
And I'll show you that here in a minute. So there came a time about a year after starting this church uh, that I said, we, we need to have a vision statement. And this is it, it's very, very simple. To lead people to Christ through authentic worship, authentic community, authentic community service. Very, very simple. You'll see this painted all over the building and all of our other campuses, and we talk about it a lot. And again, where we got that from is from the book of Matthew. As Jesus is ascending into heaven, right? The last thing he talks about before he ascends into heaven is he looks at his church, his disciples, and he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make disciples of all people. I want you to baptize them, and I want you to teach them everything that I've taught you. Now, that sounds really simple until you start dealing with people, and that's why we need the entire New Testament to really show us how we carry out these simple instructions that Jesus gave us to do as the church. So at this church, what we've done is we, we have looked at the New Testament. We look at the different, different teachings and principles of the New Testament. We read the entire Bible, what we're talking after the book of Matthew when Jesus made this statement. And we came up with this process. If you're new here, I'm gonna tell you, this is the most simple church you'll ever go to. This is all we do right here, this is it. This is all we do. We do five different things. We do worship, which is weekend services, you're, you're there. We do next class, we do community, small groups, development, classes on theology, and we try to plug you into serving. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna briefly walk through all these things and kind of give you an idea of all the different things we do here, and then we'll get into some pretty fun stuff. The first thing is what we're doing right now. Now listen, there's, there's some really bad theology that some Christians talk about sometimes. They'll say, I'm a Christian, did I, but I don't think I have to go to church. Whenever I hear someone that claims to be a Christian say that you don't have to go to church, my first response is, show me in the Bible where you get that idea. It's not there. On the flip side of that, I can show you many scriptures to where not only does it say that this weekly gathering of us together is important, in the book of Hebrews it says it should become more and more important the closer the second coming of Jesus is. So that means every day it should be more important for us to gather together like this and study and worship God. This brings us closer, right? I can't tell you how many people have come into this place and they go, man, I can feel the Holy Spirit in here. It's not because the Holy Spirit hangs out in the drywall in this place or like these, these, these beams. The Holy Spirit resides in his followers. So it's not a surprise that when you get a bunch of his followers together, you feel the Spirit of God. That's because this is where we gather together. It makes us activate joy in our life. It reassures us. It focuses us in on God. I'm gonna tell you this. 13 years almost that I've been doing this, 12 and a half years, almost every single time someone comes to me and they tell me about how much they're struggling spiritually, I will ask them, are you coming to church on a regular basis? And nine out of 10 times, they will say no. And there's always a correlation between people's spiritual health and their church attendance. So it is very important that you're here. When you come to this church in particular, we're hyper-focused on the word of God. So we do what's called expository teaching. That's all we do, verse by verse teaching. And the reason why we do that, there's a lot of reasons why we do it, but the biggest one is it prohibits us from skipping the difficult stuff. Now listen, I could get up here and, and cherry pick a bunch of like really, really happy scriptures, right? But what happens is, is we often take them out of context and we don't understand what they're really saying. The most famous one is from Philippians 4, right? I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. We think that's talking about winning a basketball championship and that's not what it's about at all. 
What, what he is actually talking about is we can be persecuted and treated like garbage and make it through because with the Holy Spirit, we have strength. But you don't understand that if you just pick out verse 4, 13 of Philippians. You don't understand that. That's why we have to teach it in context. And it helps us comprehend the word better. It creates a love of the word. Again, I can't tell you over the years how many people have come up to me and said, I used to be afraid of this book. But as we've been working through it, it's not, it's not that hard, right? It's not that bad. I've fallen in love with it. And through falling in love with the word, we grow Christians more rapidly, right? This is an important book. And that's what we do on the weekends. We go through it, and hopefully you do that throughout the week as well. Also at our services, we have communion at every single service we do, all four services on the weekend, all of our campuses, all of our worship nights, prayer nights, we always take communion. And the reason why we do communion is even on days like today when I'm talking vision stuff, we will end every single service focusing on Jesus and the cross. That's why we take communion every time we gather together. We also offer prayer at the end of service. Every single service, there'll be men and women on both sides of the stage if you need prayer for anything. We do that all the time. And then we also have a pastor that will be on the edge of the stage, not on the stage, but, but at the corner of the stage on the floor. If anyone is in this room that's not a believer or you're struggling with your faith, we always have a pastor and I'll direct you to them at the end of service that you can ask any questions to. We're not afraid of questions, okay? So we do this. The weekend service is important. Hopefully, you'll move from the weekend service and you'll eventually come to a next class. I, I enjoy next classes. Usually the second Monday of every month, you can come in. We have like some local pizza and we have some drinks and we'll give you a tour of the entire building. Come back in here. I tell you my personal story. We'll tell you how we started the church. Let you ask any questions you want. And it's just kind of a good way to, for us to kind of meet and greet a little bit. We usually have somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 150 people every month go through that. And that's my opportunity to get to, to, get to shake your hand or, or give you a hug. I'm a hugger. So if you come to next class, we'll, we'll probably hug. Anyway, so is that weird? I don't know if that's weird. It, okay, so I'll ask you if you want a hug and then we'll hug if that's you know, mutually okay. Uh, let's move on. Okay, the third thing, it's enough about next class. I've already dug, in, dug a hole there. The next thing we want you to get involved in is there's kind of this circle that was on that graph of community development and serving. Now, you can jump in anywhere, but hopefully we, we want you to go through all three of those. The first one is community, and that is simply small groups. The reason this is so important is because we are made in the image of God. God is communal. Here's another piece of bad theology that I hear a lot of Christians say. They say, it's just me and Jesus. That's all I need, just me and Jesus. It's not true. In fact, the Bible says that it's not good that man be alone. We are meant to be in community. That's why God is a father, son, spirit. There's perfect community in God. God wants us to be communal as well. It is impossible to do what Galatians says and bear each other's burdens if we don't talk to anyone except for Jesus. So we are to be walking in communion. The only way that we can be held accountable is if we have community around us. The only way we can get into deep discussion is in community. The only way we can really build friendships, look at this fancy word, or intergenerational mentors. That means we pair up younger people with older people on purpose. Young couples with older couples so they can learn from each other, right? For those of you in the room like myself that don't have a dad in your life, it's nice to have some older Christian men in your life that you can kind of get some of that fatherly advice from. That's why we do this kinds of stuff, right? So we need to be in community. 
We also have several classes that help you develop your theology, which is your thoughts on God. The first one, I kind of call it like our 101 class, Following Jesus. It's an absolutely wonderful class. It's seven weeks. They go through prayer and worship, the Bible, baptism, communion, the Trinity, the church, how to share your faith and how to make disciples. We have one uh, that is starting September 28th. You can sign up on the app or the website for that. It's a really, really wonderful class that you can work through, meet a lot of people, really good teaching. After that, we have one called Authentic Discipleship, which is a little bit more of a commitment. It's 12 weeks. But what this one does is it, is it teaches you how to take what you know about God and then go share that with people that don't know God. Now, we have one that just started, so our next one is not until January, but you can go ahead and sign up for that now. We have another cool thing. If you have the app on your phone, I don't even care if you wanna check this out while I'm talking. If you get on the app on your phone, you click on Home Development and DBS, there is a thing called Discovery Bible Study that basically anyone at any time can use this app on your phone and you can basically walk through the Bible with someone and do a group. So this is real, just a really awesome tool for people to use if you don't know where to start. Um, in this church in the past, we have offered financial peace, the Dave Ramsey course. What we're doing is we're offering that one more time, but starting next year, we've written our own curriculum. It'll be completely free. And we will do a, a class. There's two guys that, that own a business that, that come to this church that really know how to handle money wisely and biblically. And they're gonna talk about budgeting, getting out of debt, and how to handle your money uh, in a way that honors God. They're gonna be teaching that class starting next year. You saw in the announcements, we have a thing for people who are, are recently engaged, that they can go to a class with Tim and Donna Ritchie who've been married 40 plus years and they do this class, like a premarital class. You can sign up for that. We have one starting September 7th. You can do that on the website and the app. But these are just different ways that we try to develop your faith a little bit deeper. And then of course, we eventually want everyone to get to a place to where they serve. Now in our church, we partner with a lot of nonprofits, but this is just stuff that we do here. We have five ways that you can serve the city, the community outside of this building. One is we do a huge homeless ministry. We've been doing it for 12 years called 5,000. We do that on Sunday mornings during the nine o'clock. We have 50, 60 people that go out, build relationships with the homeless community and they eat breakfast with them. We have another organization we work with, but we do this in-house called Stepping Stones that is also with homeless people, but specifically women and children who are homeless. We house them in our building two weekends a month. We make them food. We minister to them. It's something that you can get involved with. We have a wonderful group called Embrace Grace that deals with women who have unintended pregnancies or women who have chosen to get abortions and maybe they regret that, that we have a group for them basically where we minister to them, we love them, we walk with them, we connect them with counselors, we walk with them spiritually. It's an absolutely wonderful group. We have something that we do every single Friday on the square called Bar Ministry. Uh, if you ever drive around the square in Murfreesboro on a Friday night, and you see a bunch of people dressed up like ketchup and mustard and hot dogs with big signs, that's us. Uh, one of them works at this church. And so what we do on Friday nights, when everyone floods out of the bar, oftentimes inebriated, we, got, we give out free hot dogs, right? What a great treat. All of God's animals rolled up into one convenient package. We give you that. <laughs> so... All of creation right there, compressed, neatly tied up on the end. 
probably some boots thrown in there or something. Anyways, <laughs> we give them hot dogs, hopefully to kind of sober them up a little bit. And it's interesting, we don't go out there just like yelling Jesus at people, but when you're around enough drunk people long enough, Jesus always comes up. And so he always, Jesus always gets brought up. And if they're not drunk, people just ask, why are you giving me something free? And we can tell them. We've been doing that for 12 years. It is an absolutely fantastic ministry if you wanna sign up and get involved with that. We also do a ministry called Reclaimed. We have a jail about a mile down the road, a pretty big jail right down the road. And if you wanna get involved, men and women, we, we minister to both of those if you wanna get involved with Reclaimed. All of this is on the app. All of this can be signed up on the website, app, or email us. So those are things outside. We also have a lot of great ministries inside. We always need help with children. We have a gazillion children at this church. I always make this joke. A couple of years ago, I taught the book of Song of Solomon, and instantly we had like babies everywhere. Uh, it's a good way to grow a church. Um, I should do that again. Anyways, we have lots of children at this church. We would love for you to help out with them. We need help with production, lots of production stuff. COVID kind of made us step that up a little bit. Hospitality, um, if you have a heart for kids with special needs, we do something called Emerge, which what we do is we have uh, one servant volunteer for every child that has special needs. And I wear a shirt sometimes that says, Jesus loves inclusion. That is talking about the fact that we include these children with all of the other children in everything they do. And if they get overwhelmed, we have three sensory rooms that we can take those kids back to, still teach them the gospel, but in an environment where they feel more comfortable. If you wanna get involved with that, we have about 60 families that are a part of this that we work with. Um, and I'm not supposed to tell you this, Haley's gonna get really mad, but we are working on launching the same thing for adults with special needs on the weekend. So that'll be something coming up and we'll need help with that as well. Um, no, that's good, it's worth clapping for. If you have medical experience, we have a med team that's always at all four services because we're a big church and something could happen. If you wanna get involved in that, we would love that. There's a lot of other great opportunities all on the app or the website, okay? So that's the serving part of it. This is not a part of the five things, but this is something that's also very important to us, missions. And I'm not just talking about foreign missions, I'm talking about how we are taking the gospel out to our state, to our nation, and to the world. Uh, let me brag on my friend Tara here for a second. This is Tara. Um, this is Tara with a bunch of street kids in Uganda. Our church owns a, a, a home in Uganda, pretty good sized house in Uganda. And what we do, I've been to Uganda many, many times. Uh, the hardest people in Uganda to minister to are called street kids. They're literally gangs of children and teenagers that are homeless, and, and I mean, they're wild. Uh, they're, these are the ones that'll steal from you, that, 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 that cause a lot of chaos. No one wants to deal with them. So we thought it was smart to send a, a four and a half foot tall American over there, female. <laughs> and, and that's what she's been focusing on as a street kid. She's baptized about 30 of them so far. And she's gotten a bunch of them jobs. And uh, she's doing a lot of great ministry to them. Just to tell you how rough of an environment that is, the first time I went to Africa, uh, I'm sitting there, I'm in a park. Park, it's kind of a, it's not really a park, it's just a big field, but... I'm with a, about a five or six year old boy and his whole stomach was open wounds. And I'm sitting there cleaning up this five year old boy's stomach and I'm trying to bandage him up the best I can. And I asked one of the older street kids, I said, what happened to this kid? And they said, well, an American came by and gave him a $10 bill. And when he walked around the corner, three other street kids lit him on fire and took the money. 
That's the kind of people that Tara is ministering to over there. I'll get to that here in a second though, okay? So what are we doing about the state of Tennessee? That's where you live, in case you didn't know that. Here's what we're doing in Tennessee. Uh, we've been around for 12 years. We've planted four churches. There are 95 counties in the state of Tennessee. I have this crazy audacious dream that before I die, we will have planted a church in all 95 counties. We have a long ways to go, but we've planted one in Rutherford County. It's where you are. We've planted one in Cannon County, we've planted one in Davidson County, and then we've planted one recently in Bedford County. Now, to, to set us up for the future, Mike, that did announcements, who has a master's degree in divinity, we're starting basically a residential training program where we're bringing people in, we're training them, equipping them theologically, practically, to go out and plant churches in areas where they don't have any kind of churches like ours. And so that's what our mission is, is to start spreading the gospel more and more in our home state. Now, it doesn't stop there. We also believe that there are parts of the United States uh, that need the gospel a lot too. In fact, if you go up to the New England area, my wife is from, from the Boston area and then her dad's from the, from the New York area. If you go up into the New England area, it's about two to 3% that claim to be uh, dedicated followers of Christ that go to church on a regular basis. So you're talking 97% of New England is not actively following Jesus Christ. So for us to, to, to somehow address that, because I don't think I can go up there and plant churches up there, so over the years, we've worked with about eight churches that are up in the New England area. Right now, we currently work with four. We support them. We fly people up there to train them. We have sent people up there when they've needed positions, and we will, we will pay for people to go work in these churches. We work with a church in Burlington, Vermont, Delmarva, Delaware, uh, City Church in Albany, New York, and then Grace City Church, which is in Boston, Mass. That's where my, my in-laws are from. I'm gonna brag on my friend, my friend Mike that, that pastors the church in Albany. He started a church in Albany, New York. He started a second one in Schenectady, New York. And then recently he has started one in Queens and the Bronx. So he gets on a train and rides two hours from Albany to, the Queen, uh, to Queens and the Bronx and preaches at those churches as well. But, but man, these, these guys are doing the best they can up there. It's been hard to, to keep that relationship strong because COVID has basically shut down New England for the last two years. Um, but we still feel like that's something that our church is supposed to be doing. Now, state, nation, now globally. Uh, we've had a huge connection with El Salvador for years. We work with an organization called King's Castle that predominantly works with children, hundreds of elementary age children. I told you a little bit about what Tara is doing in Uganda. Not only is she working with these street kids, we have taken our following Jesus curriculum that a lot of you have gone through. We have translated it to Lugandan, which is the national language of Uganda. And we have been training pastors all over the nation of Uganda to take this information and teach their churches about it. Not only that, we have bought thousands of Bibles that are in their native language because there it's very hard to get Bibles. So their theology is, is, is scattered. So we're teaching them solid theology so they can go into their churches and take this all over the place. So we're doing a lot of great work in Uganda. We sponsor a couple that lives in Southeast Asia. I cannot tell you exactly where because it's dangerous for them. But uh, uh, Becky and Topher King, what they do for a living, they've been doing it for years, is they create radio stations on the border of hostile nations that won't allow the gospel. And they broadcast the Bible being read 24 seven into nations where people are not allowed to hear the gospel. We sponsor them. We sponsor Mentor Leaders that does work in Haiti, in Togo, Africa. And right here, 
Uh, Mike said something about it during the announcements. There are more people in Middle Tennessee who are Arabic than anywhere else in the world except for the Middle East. And so we have tons of people. Muhammad that works here at the church and Majid who serves here at the church, he's from Egypt. They're starting this group and they want as many of you as possible to sign up for this group to learn how to minister to Arabic people and to Muslim people in our community. We have a ton of them in Rutherford County. There's more in Davidson County. There is a lot. And we love these people. God loves these people. And we need to present to them the truth of Jesus Christ. There's a lot more stuff that we do that I can't list up here. We work with an organization called the Shy Fund that right now is on the ground in Afghanistan working with refugees. Um, I recommend you get on the app. Yeah, it's a travesty over there. I recommend you get on the app, send them 50 bucks, send them 25 bucks, send them whatever you can to help over there in the work in Afghanistan. But all of that is on the app, okay? So we'll talk about money for a little bit because that's what everyone loves to talk about in church. It's the most comfortable subject. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna brag on you guys um, and I wanna show you because I ask you to financially support this church so I feel an obligation to show you where your money goes. Before I show you where every single dollar at this church goes, I really wanna brag on you. You are the most benevolent church. I speak of conferences sometimes with, with hundreds of pastors from big churches, small churches. I, I, I can honestly say I've never heard of a church that is benevolent and gracious as is our church. And that's me bragging on you. Our predicted budget for this year was 6.3 million. You guys have already given 5.2, which puts us on track to be $2 million over what we thought we were going to bring in this year. Now, now listen, if you're new here, I'm gonna brag on the people you're sitting around. Not only are you guys faithful with your tithing and giving, every time we put a nonprofit back in this corner, you guys give them so much money, it's crazy. Back in January, we had the EEM, the Eastern European uh, Ministry, that goes out and gives Bibles in Russia and the Ukraine and all over Eastern Europe. When we set that up back there, you guys, on top of what our church already donates, you guys donated $45,000 just in January. Now, let me tell you what that does. That bought almost 40,000 Bibles. And do you know where those Bibles went? Not just to Russia, they went into the public school system in Russia. So listen, this church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, there are now 40,000 children in Russia being taught the Bible in their school because of you. That's what's happening. So here's the thing. All of this money that you guys give, I wanna tell you by this first stat, it's not, it, we're not getting rich around here with your money. Our 30% uh, of the, the budget, it's actually 23% of what you're giving, but 30% of the budget goes towards the salary of people that work here and our benefits. On average, a church our size, it's usually 55 or 60% of the budget. And again, I put that up there just to tell you we're not getting rich off you. If you need physical proof of that, my 2007 RAV4 is parked right out back. Uh, we can go for a drive. You can hear the torque converter when it grumbles at 40 miles per hour. And uh, we can talk about how lavish my lifestyle is. Anyways, uh, my life is good, but I'm just saying we're not getting rich off you guys. We pay uh, other administration, we pay the sheriff's department and police department to be at all of our services and on Wednesdays when the kids are here. Uh, we have a maintenance team and outside CPA and we pay for childcare during the week. Um, our mortgage, we technically don't have a mortgage. If you're new here, this is a church that has never taken out any debt. 
We have never had a credit card. We have never taken a loan out from a bank. But four years ago, I wanted to, to buy this place. We rented it. And so I went to the owner who I've become friends with, Joe Swanson, and I said, I wanna buy this place, but I don't wanna take out a loan. And he said, well, why don't you just pay me directly? And I said, okay. And he says, well, why don't we do it over 15 years? And I said, Joe, I don't wanna do that. I said, we'll pay it off in five. He said, okay, you know, I, I don't think he thought we could do that. And he says, well, just give me $40,000 a month and it'll take 15 years to pay it off. What we have done is we have paid $240,000 a month for the last four years. And by the end of this year, we will have this building completely free and clear. Hold on. And what that does is that frees up. Let me show you this next thing. That frees up on top of the already 25% of our income that we give away, we will add to the 1.6, we will add almost 3 million on top of that that we will give away next year. So, so again, let me put that in perspective. And I'm not trying, this is me boasting on you. I have never come across a church that gives away a quarter of everything that comes in. Next year, we may give away 45 or 50% of everything that comes in. Now, we have to do some stuff around here. We gotta get this roof replaced. If you come to this church any length of time, you will get rained on inside. <laughs> That's because we've just been tight about stuff. But listen, we're not gonna like dip the place in gold or anything once we get out of this mortgage. We're gonna live the same way we are and we're gonna take all that money and we're gonna plant churches and we're gonna do more for the community and we're gonna give a ton away to the schools around us and we're gonna do all kinds of awesome stuff. So, these other numbers are just kind of boring things, operating costs because you're in the most inefficient building in the county, printing, building repair, insurance, things like that. Um, our three other campuses cost very little to operate. The one in Woodbury is a 500 person church, but it costs us less than half a million dollars a year to run it, it's not bad. Crossland Campus does not have a physical building yet. Of course, that number will go up, but because of COVID, we lost our building. And then our Shelbyville Campus that just started, which is already a couple hundred people, um, cost less than a quarter of a million dollars to run. So we're very, very tight with our finances. Now, when it comes to finances, if you're new here, I think it's important that you know this. I don't know who gives. Obviously, a lot of you do give, but I don't know individuals that give or don't give. I don't wanna know. Here's the thing about tithing, giving a 10% of your income to the work of the Lord. We can argue if that's a New Testament thing or not. I personally believe it is, but we can, we can agree to disagree on that. But I'm gonna tell you, if we want to see the gospel advanced in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in your backyard, across our state, across our nation, it takes money. And so we have to be generous with our giving. And on a side note, my wife and I have never been rich, but we have never gone without. And I attribute that to the fact that I trust God with my money. So I just wanna encourage you with that. I will not know either way, but that's all I'll say about that. So how are we doing, considering the last two years have sucked? How are we doing? One, uh, the weekends are good, worship nights are good. We have a worship night coming up October 1st on the square in Shelbyville. I hope you get to come out to that. Our weekend services were at about 75% of what we were pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, we were running about 6,000 people on the weekends. After COVID, we're running around four, somewhere in that ballpark. I was at a conference recently speaking and I heard this guy complaining. He goes, man, we have lost 100 people. He goes, Pastor Trimble, how many have you lost? And I was like, like 2,000. <laughs> so, I mean, like if that makes you feel any better. So here's the thing. Here's what I've learned in the last two years though. 
Just gauging our success on how many butts are in the seats on the weekends is not an accurate metric of our success. Jesus didn't tell us just to fill up rooms. Jesus told us to make disciples, baptize, and teach. And that has to be our metric of success. So that being said, we've baptized, I gotta add six more to this because we baptized some this weekend. So uh, 176 or 175 people so far this year, that number will probably hit about 250 that we'll baptize this year. Um, we have, right now, we currently have about 130 small groups. So that encompasses a huge group. Of, that's that we know of. So I'm asking you, if you do a small group, even if it's only three or four of you, would you please email us and let us know, carl, with a K, at experiencecc.com, just so we can know you're out there, just so we can know that, that more is going on. We have put 394 people through following Jesus this year. That number will easily go over 500 because we're about to start another round. We've put 118 people through authentic discipleship. That number will go up as well. When it comes to our community service, we're giving more money away than we ever have. We're working with more nonprofits. We've done more community projects. We've given out more benevolence. And though we're, we always need more help with serving, uh, you guys are, are a wonderful church. You serve a lot, you give a lot, you're gracious, thank you. And what has happened is, and you should feel a healthy pride about this, our church, even with non-believers, even with non-believers in this community, we have a solid reputation for being the church that is involved in their city, that gives and serves and does positive things in their city. And even with non-believers, we have a very, very strong reputation. And that is something that you should be proud of. And, and I'm, I'm quite proud of. We have a very, very good church. Now, after saying all that, I wanna challenge you a little bit, okay? So our mission has always been to lead people to Jesus, to make disciples, teach the word, baptize, and equip people. Now, here's the thing, and I'm not trying to sound snarky, and if you've been here for a while, you know my heart. This place will always be a place where we will welcome anyone in these doors. I don't care if you were strung out on heroin last night. I don't care who you had sex with. I don't care what lifestyle you're living. I don't care. If you wanna come in here and hear the word taught, you're welcome. Come on, come on. Now, a lot of churches say that, Thank you. But a lot of churches say that, but sometimes people come in and it gets uncomfortable, guys. Sometimes there's gonna be people around you who are very different from you, but that's what we want. Come on, bring it in. So on one hand, this church has to remain a church where anyone feels welcome coming in these doors, but simultaneously, we need to make sure that we never relent on the teachings of the Bible. So we have to hold on to both of those things. I'm gonna tell you, if you're new here, if you come into this place and you just want me to affirm everything you already think and always just tell you fluffy stuff and never address the hard questions, if you don't wanna talk about things like pornography and greed and addiction, you're gonna hate me and you're gonna hate this church. You're not gonna like it because we're just gonna talk real in here. We're going to be genuine. We're not going to, to be the church that is comfortable with facades and, 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 and hypocrisy. We're just, we're just not gonna do it. We have to address the hard issues. And if you don't want that, you're just not gonna like this place. I just wanna be upfront about it. And here is our rally cry from now to the end of the year. And I wanna invite you to kind of make this your rally cry too. Our team, the people that work here, we said this is what we wanna focus on from now to the end of the year. We wanna make sure that everything we do is not just making, listen, not just making disciples of Jesus, but making disciples of Jesus who have a heart 
to make more disciples of Jesus themselves. Our goal, I don't wanna just make you a disciple of Jesus. I want to equip you in such a way to where you're going out making disciples of Jesus. And in order to do that, we have to be praying. We will do a big fast at the beginning of the year. We need to be fasting, we need to be reading the word, we need to be serving the city, and we have to tell people about Jesus. We have to be sharing our faith with people around us, okay? Now let me tell you why that's so important. If you haven't noticed, for the last two years, we have seen the ramifications of a society that is more focused on self than it is about God. It's real easy to blame people right now. It's all Biden's fault, it's all Trump's fault, it's all COVID's fault, it's all the... This has been percolating for, for decades in the United States. There has been this selfish culture in our nation for decades. And let me tell you, the church has to accept some of the blame of that. For the last 40, 50 years in the United States, the church has been more focused on building grandiose buildings and rock star pastors, and they have not made disciples of Jesus. And now we are seeing a culture that is falling apart as a result of that. The church in the United States has failed. Now listen, I believe in the church. I believe the church is the hope of the city. I believe that. I believe we are the salt and light, but we have not been making disciples of Jesus and we are suffering for it now. So what has happened in the last two years, though the engine has been broken down for a long time, what has happened in the last couple of years through a horrible election cycle, through all this COVID stuff, is I feel like God has lifted the hood and said, church, you gotta work on this. Church, you're divided. Church, you're angry. Church, you're not reaching the lost. You're not making disciples. And I think God has exposed to us that we have to get to work. So listen, now more than ever, listen, you and I have to choose to take the posture that it is less about me and it is more about God. That's why John the Baptist said, let me decrease and let God increase. We have to take the posture that it is not all about us. That is counter-cultural to the area you live in. We, more than ever, have to be sold out on Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. We need to be making disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them. I'm not talking about me doing all that. I'm talking about you doing that. You make a disciple. When it comes time, you baptize them. You walk with them. You do it. All of us need to be doing that. Not just people who are professional pastors or whatever. All of us need to be doing that. And so we as believers, if you're a believer in this room, we're not done. Just because you got saved, that's not the finish line. We are to be making disciples, going out into the world and not just sharing love. A lot of people are like, man, just go love on people. It is impossible to adequately love on someone if we do not tell them the truth. If the Bible is correct and the only thing that sets us free is the truth of Jesus Christ, we are not adequately loving people unless we share with them our faith. We've got to share love and we have to share truth more than ever now. More than ever now, we are going to have to be honest. I got such an ugly email one time from a lady who said, 
Well, my five-year-old learned a new word in church today while you were teaching. He learned the word pornography. And then she said, why do you talk so much about pornography? And I said, first off, we have a wonderful children's ministry so your five-year-old doesn't have to hear adult conversations. That's one. Two, the reason I talk about pornography is because statistically 70% of everyone in the room has been addicted to it at one time or another in their life. And I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and think that none of us struggle with sexual sin. We're gonna address it. We're gonna address it biblically because the Bible talks about it. And we're not going to just, just put on a mask when we come into this place, smiling, acting like everything's okay. And then going back to our broken homes. We're not gonna do it here. So if you don't wanna be honest, if you don't wanna be transparent, if you don't wanna get your hands dirty, again, you're not gonna like this place. So not only do we need to be honest with ourselves, we need to be in love with the lost people around us. In 2017, the government did a study of how many people in Rutherford County went to church. Only 32% of Rutherford County went to any house of worship. That includes Unitarianism, Islam, that includes the Buddhist temple down on Old Nashville. That includes everyone, only 32%, which means really only 30% go to any kind of church. That was in 2017. I'm sure that number has dramatically decreased since that time. We're not winning right now. So we need to be praying for the other 70 plus percent of people in our community that don't have a relationship with God. That needs to break our hearts. Is it gonna be uncomfortable? Yeah, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Is it gonna get messy? Yeah, it's gonna get messy. That's why Jesus said, I'm gonna send you out like sheep among wolves. It's gonna be difficult, but we have the Holy Spirit of God with us that we can go out into the darkness and we can be the light. We can be what we need to be. And what we need to do is we need to start reshaping the reputation of God in our, in our city. We need to start reshaping the reputation of the church in our cities. That's what we need to start doing. Now listen, here's where the rubber meets the road. Now more than ever, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You need to be at church. You need to be here. And if you don't like me and if you don't like this place, find a place you do like and go there. Let me let you in on a little insider secret. When we put up announcements, when Mike gets up here and do it, does announcements, we have to announce the same thing at least four weeks in a row. Do you wanna know why? Because the average Christian in the United States goes to church once a month. So we have to announce something four times in the hopes that you will hear it one time and that's if you're on time. I love you, I love you, I love you. You need church, you need to be here. There's always a correlation when people come to us. If they say they're spiritually struggling, nine times out of 10, I'll say, how's your church attendance? It's not that good. You need to be here, you need to be here. Not only do you need to be here, you need to have people around you. You need to have some kind of community. We need to be held accountable. We need to make sure that we have people pushing us and bearing each other's burdens. We need to be in the word of God. Listen, now more than ever, you need this book. Now more than ever, you need to be reading this book. Listen, even if it's just a half a chapter a day, take you five minutes. Even if it's on your commute to work, get out that Bible app, right? Put it on there and it will read it to you. You need this book now more than ever. And not just the, the, the words read to you or you reading it. We need to do what it tells us to do. 
We need to be praying more now than ever, fasting, serving, giving. And I'm gonna tell you why, and I'm not trying to be a wet blanket. It is not going to get easier to be a Christian in the world ever again. It is going to be increasingly difficult for you to be a Christian. So if we can't make it now, if we can't endure now, we're gonna be in really, really deep trouble in the near future. We're gonna be in deep trouble. We've got to plant our roots deep now. For our sake, listen, and for the sake of those around us. For our neighbors, for our spouse, for our kids, for our friends at school, for our coworkers, because guys, there are people all around you. I, I kid you not, and I'm not trying to be dramatic, there are people all around you who are on the brink of suicide. They're drowning in depression, they're drowning in anxiety, they're drowning in confusion, they're hurt, they're wounded, they're all around you every single day. And Jesus called you and I, the church, to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the world. He has called us to do it. He's called us. We are the ones. We're not to be isolated from the world. I say this all the time, but we are to be insulated by the Holy Spirit so we can go into that darkness. And the darkness doesn't penetrate us, but the light drives the darkness out. That's what you are called to do. That's what I was called to do. Hey, listen, I'm not just saying this to, to fluff you up. I've never been around a group of people like you guys. I've spoken to people that, that pastor super famous churches and I've, I hate conferences. I don't know why I keep going to them, but <laughs> supposed to speak at one in November. Um, anyways, all the pastors I'm around They'll ask us about, they'll ask me about you guys. And I've never come across anyone that pastored a church like, like you guys. You are lightning in a bottle. And again, I'm not just saying that to puff you up. I'm saying that to encourage you. You have nothing to be afraid of in this world. If you are walking with Christ, you can love all people. You can teach the truth to all people. You guys are, 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 are knocking it out of the park. Be encouraged. But I'm gonna tell you, we have quite a war on our hands out there. Boy, the devil is ramping up, isn't he? But that's okay. You are full of the Holy Spirit of God. Yes. Full of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm extremely proud of our church. I want you to be encouraged. And let's move forward. Is the world messed up? Yes. If they have ever needed the church, I'm telling you, I'm 41 years old. If, if, if the world has ever needed the church in my lifetime, it is right now. It is right now. They need you. They need you. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Like I said earlier in the service, guys, if you are in this room and you have any questions, if you're new to our church, if you're new to your faith, if you're not even a believer yet, but you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Over here on my right, your left, Pastor Greg is up here. T-shirt, glasses. If you have any questions for Pastor Greg, he'd love to talk with you. There are men and women on both sides of the stage if you need prayer for anything, absolutely anything, it doesn't matter. Come up and have someone pray with you. And then the last thing is, if you're new, we do communion a little bit different. There is communion all the way around the room where you see a lamp on a table all the way around the room. The body and blood of Jesus Christ, the bread and the wine is on each one of those tables. If you are a Christian in here and if you have asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, 
you're welcome to go up, get the bread and the wine, you can go back to your seat, and you personally, either with your spouse or a friend or by yourself, however you wanna do it, that's our time to reflect and to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, that he gave his body and his blood for our forgiveness. Lord Jesus, God, I love this church. God, as hard as it is sometimes, Lord, to, to, to be a pastor and, and Lord, just to be a Christian nowadays, God, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than with these people, Lord. I pray, God, that you equip us, that you encourage us, God, that you put people in our path that, that, that we can have the opportunity to, to minister to and love I pray that you protect marriages in this room, single people in this room, God. I pray that you protect families and jobs and schools and wherever we may go, God, that you fill us up with your spirit that we can be the light that we need to be. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, God. We pray all these things in your son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys very much. You're welcome to help yourself. Thank you, guys.